0: This is the Evergreen Empire. Green grow the forests
1: and fair flow the streams. The gentle deer grazes, the wild blossom gleams. From ocean wave raging to mountain serene, all nature's proclaiming our land's
0: evergreen. Welcome to Columbia Conversations. I'm Felix Bennell, editor of Columbia Magazine for the Washington State Historical Society. On this episode, we speak with Used Books and Retro Reviews columnist Peter Donahue.
1: The, the writing was a way to get the word out about the Northwest. Um, they were trying to overcome that sense of uh, provincialism or that sense of uh, being looked over.
0: Welcome to Columbia Conversations. Our guest is Peter Donahue, and he's actually our, kind of our guinea pig. He's our first guest. This is the first interview being recorded for Columbia Conversations for Columbia Magazine. So, Peter, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Felix.
1: And where are we talking to you from today? I'm in home in Winthrop, over in the Metow Valley. How long have you lived in Winthrop? Uh, I'm in my eighth year here. What?
0: What? Uh, why'd you choose to live there?
1: Well, I was... Uh... I was living in Birmingham, Alabama, and uh, my wife and I are from Northwest, uh, and we always wanted to come back, and I, I found a job in OMAC, a teaching job at Wenatchee Valley College in OMAC, Oh
0: that's which I'm great. very happy with. God, that's great. What a, what a nice way to, that's a nice thing to put together. Yeah. So I was surprised to come across the, the stuff you've been doing for Columbia Magazine, um, pleasantly surprised a couple of years ago, because, you know, I... I love Northwest literature, I love the fact that it's sort of, um, I don't know, the history is a little, it's not as well known as you'd expect, I think. We don't seem to have the literary tradition that, oh, New England has, or the Deep South, I mean, there's, you know, we don't necessarily have a, a someone who comes to mind as the Mark Twain of the Northwest, or the Faulkner of the Northwest, or the Hawthorne, right. or whatever. Uh, and not, I'm not trying to get all booky literary here, but it's like, I always struggle with this idea of Northwest identity and Northwest sort of regional mythology. And so much of that is in the is in these these books, these novels, and other written materials from the last eh, 150 years or so. What what first attracted you to do this kind of uh, research?
1: Well, I was curious about that question. Does the Northwest have a literature? I did once hear a very famous contemporary Northwest writer say. No, it did not. It was too young to have a literature comparable to the South. But if you think about it, the South's literature, what it's known for, is really a 20th century literature, Faulkner, uh, Flannery O'Connor. And we do have a literature that goes back to the turn of the century in the Northwest. We don't have a a prominent figure like a Faulkner, as you say, but um, we do have this great body of work from the late 1800s up until the 60s, and that it goes unrecognized. Uh, so many people think that Northwest literature basically started in the 60s, you know, with uh, Theodore Retke's arrival at the University of Washington or with Ken Kesey in the 60s or Tom Robbins. You know, those are usually the, the starting points for thinking about Northwest literature. Um, but there is a great foregrounding to uh, those writers and poets. Uh, it's like a, I think of it like this gigantic aquifer uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that is kind of undiscovered um, and, and that I've been trying to tap into for the last dozen years or so.
0: Yeah, And I think literature does so much. I mean, nowadays in the digital world, I don't know what literature does the what it did for my parents. My parents are, are both deceased. My mom grew up in London when she was a young woman, probably in her, eh, might've been in her teens or early 20s. She read uh, Betty MacDonald's *The Eye as, right. as a girl in England, and she thought Seattle was pronounced *Seidel*. <laughs> yeah. But um, so, ten years later, fifteen years later, when my parents are, have emigrated and they're in the United States and they're living in California, and my dad gets a job offer from Boeing in Seattle, my mom has this picture in her mind of what Seattle is like, based on what she'd read in *The the descriptions of the water and the ferry boats <laughs> and everything. And that's yeah. just the power of literature to just to span the miles and the years like that. Is, I think is is very cool. And you know, I, I um, I also something about there's something about the cover art on these some, so many of these have yeah. such wonderful cover art.
1: Yeah, it's beautiful. A lot of uh, art deco uh, type designs, and yeah, some really beautiful cover. art. And you know,
0: there's this notion of there of people thinking there is no Northwest literature. It almost feels to me like there's a sort of a um, an inferiority complex or something.
1: Yeah, well, maybe at one time. Um You know, nowadays, you know, there are are writers at every corner in the Northwest, and uh, that inferiority complex isn't there anymore. But, uh, yeah, we were isolated. Uh, There was that sense of uh, provincialism uh, up here, and it was hard for writers of the era that I'm looking at to break out nationally. And some did, and that's always remarkable when I come across uh, reviews of them in the New York Times or the New Yorker magazine, uh, and so it uh, there there is that, uh, and yet they kept writing. I often think that um, some of the more prominent writers of of the uh, early 20th century, like a, a Nard Jones or Archie Bens, you know, they're, they're they're comparable to Sinclair Lewis, or um, they would have had the. It would have had that national attention, perhaps, had they not been living here and writing about the Northwest.
0: Oh, yeah. Oregon Detour is amazing. Um, yeah, it is. Nard Jones book. And then um, Archie Binns' Lightship is also, I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. well written. It's a, it's a great yeah. story.
1: Yeah, and, and both of them wrote a dozen novels each.
0: And didn't they also, didn't both those two also do Northwest history, or was it only Nard Jones who did Northwest
1: history? Uh, no, uh, so did Binns. They both yeah. did Popular Histories. You know, a lot of writers did popular histories. You know, and, and the the writing was a way to get the word out about the Northwest. Um, they were trying to overcome that uh, that sense of uh, provincialism or that sense of uh, being looked over. Uh, they were they were examining the history, for instance, uh, and you know, really tackling some of the questions about the region.
0: Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, it seems like there is some sort of crossover between um, Northwest novelists and popular history. Like, I was, I mean, I stumbled across uh, Murray Morgan's uh, Viewless Winds, I think, about 10 years ago. A, yeah, Oregon State University put out all those fabulous reissues of so many of these great titles.
1: Yeah, they did. Um, yeah, I think that's um, Murray Morgan's only novel. Is it? Um, yeah, as I far as I, I know right. of, Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and then, then he started writing history. And the other thing is, so many of these uh, novelists wrote historical fiction as well. Yeah.
0: Now, is there a is there a particular writer who you think is sort of the most underrated or the greatest writer who nobody knows about from the Northwest?
1: Uh, there's at least a half dozen. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I I've had so many extraordinary surprises in uh, this journey. Uh, and one one of the one that stands out for me is Elizabeth Marion, uh, who wrote three extraordinary novels about the Palouse, set in the Palouse. Hmm. Um, and finding finding the literature of Eastern Washington was uh, especially rewarding to me because so many people think uh, nationally they think of the Northwest they think of Washington they think of the coast and Puget Sound. Uh, Let's see. Another would have been uh, Elizabeth Sale, uh, who wrote uh, two wonderful coming-of-age novels, uh, semi-autobiographical, about growing up in Tacoma. Hmm. And uh, with her, it wasn't just her writing and her depiction of Tacoma, but also her her biography, because she was a, a real bohemian. She was really good friends with the avant-garde photographer Werner Haffer and they collaborated. Uh, some of the others are, would be, um, some of the women memoirists, and there's quite a few of them. And, uh, together they, it's, it's quite a, uh, it's quite a depiction of what it means to be a woman in the early Northwest. And, uh, those are, that's, a, you know, Betty McDonald's sister, for instance, Mary Bard, who no one knows about. Oh, yeah. No. Um, hmm. Or Martha Hardy, who was one of the first women to be a, a, a lookout during World War II when all the men were off to war wow. and wrote about um, being a lookout near Mount Rainier. Or Nora Berg, who wrote about um, Capelas Beach uh, really beautifully. Uh, there, there's a, a whole slew of uh, women memoirs that are, are really impressive. Uh, one I, I really got enjoyed discovering was uh, Babette Hughes, who is the wife of Glenn Hughes, who founded the Penthouse Theater and the <laughs> UW Drama Department. And uh, she was uh, Glenn Hughes's student and ended up marrying him, and then wrote a, a fairly risque expose novel about their uh, courtship and early marriage. Wow. What's that book called? Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> Last Night We Were Young. Wow.
0: So, now, a lot of these titles, are they only available, like, if you look for used books online or something, or have some, some of them been reissued in modern editions?
1: Well, like you said, a, f- a few have been reissued, uh, Oregon State University, Washington State. I think uh, University Press did a couple um, reissues, but, yeah, most of them are long out of print. Huh. Uh, I've, been, I've been fortunate, you know, in just scouring used bookstores, and, of course, A Books yeah. has, has been really <laughs> valuable to me. A,
0: a Books has this terrible thing where if you go on there, you can see your account, and you can see the history of all your purchases. Mm-hmm. I think I made my purchase in about first one in about 2002 or something, and it's uh-huh. I don't even want to add it up because I've, I've I've spent far too much time on that, and then BookFinder and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I also like the times when um, outside writers come through the Northwest and write about it, whether it was you know the Wilkes expedition in 1841 or even like Narcissa Whitman's journals um, in, in the 1830s and 1840s. Mm-hmm. And then I, I particularly like um, Alistair Cook came through during World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, Kerouac yeah, came about through Seattle. in the fifties, you know, on his way to, uh, did the look to, um, to work in a fire lookout in the summer of right. 54 or 55, I think. Yeah. And then, no, I think, uh, who's the guy who wrote, uh, travels with Charlie, John Steinbeck. He has a really famous passage where he just trashes Seattle about being, you know, if he he'd been there 20 years earlier and if he, if no one told him where he was, he wouldn't know what, 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 that it was Seattle anymore. And The the hills (laughs) were filled with the rabbit warrens of the future, and the city was Uh choked by freeways. And Uh, anyway, it's that's that's pretty good. And and it's uh, it's nice to it's great that you've been doing all this work. What what first drew you to start looking into northwest sort of unknown northwest literature?
1: Well, it it kind of stemmed out of doing my uh, anthology in that came out in twenty ten, reading Seattle of um, of Seattle literature, uh, Seattle uh, prose and and. uh, Fiction and nonfiction, huh. uh, and then you know I, I found some others that I thought, boy, I wish I'd known about these when I did the anthology. Uh, <laughs> Mary Brinker, Post, Annie Jordan, a novel, Seattle, or uh, Melvin Levy, um, who the last pioneers, this searing uh, satire of the Seattle pioneers. Oh wow! Uh, and so I, I I had the I wrote those two up and I proposed them to the magazine. I thought maybe I'd have uh, you know five. I could do five more and that would be it and now I'm doing my 51st that's uh, great. for the next issue that's great no and so it was just like peeling back this onion and I kept finding more and the more I looked I, you know I, I just kept finding them uh, and it was uh, just a total discovery process Right.
0: well Peter thank you so much for sharing yourself with the readers of Columbia and it's great to talk to you and hear more about um, what inspired you to, to pursue this work and um, we uh, thank you for being part of Columbia Conversations. Thank you and
1: congratulations on becoming the new editor.
0: Thank you. Thanks for joining us on this edition of Columbia Conversations from the Washington State Historical Society. For more information or to subscribe to Columbia Magazine, please visit WashingtonHistory.org. I'm Felix Bennell.